Thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It's Tuesday, June 13th. And today is National Weed Your Garden Day because who doesn't love weeds in your garden? It's also World Pet Memorial Day, National Forklift Day because you couldn't lift anything without a forklift, and a National Random Acts of Light Day, whatever that's supposed to mean. It's got to be some hippie stuff, as well as, well as International albinism awareness day not sure about that but i'm sure someone will tell me all about that as well as national kitchen klutzes day in america so they probably shouldn't pick up any knives today it's also international axe throwing day because that's what you should be doing as well as national call your doctor when you hurt yourself by throwing axes and finally is also world softball day and national sewing machine day because embroidery is important isn't it also national, uh, national Indictment Day, too, right? No, it's not National Indictment Day. It's National <laughs> Day. Yeah, look, look. You don't even want to go into that one with me. We want to natural, celebrate the indictment. It's National Championship. We're celebrating everything. Championships from the NBA. You guys you know. celebrate the fact that our country's turned into a banana republic. You can go ahead and do that. But thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. We're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. If you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But Kicking it off first. That's right. We have the dope dad himself. That's right. Rico Lamite, the Quasimodo caretaker, the professional backpedaler. He may be even a backstroker too, but he's also, <laughs> he's also the father of little baby Zozo, and that's why he is the dope dad. That's right. It's Rico Lamite. What's wrong with the backstroke? I mean, depends on where you're stroking your back. <laughs> <laughs> Death stroke. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate that, Jason, through and through. My story today is a sad one. Because all good things must eventually come to an end. 
as of last week, the world's biggest and most popular video live stream focused platform, Twitch, is no longer allowing users to directly market cannabis products. A truly sad day for all involved. What's really made Twitch so popular with streamers over the years is their freedom to pretty much do what every other major platform does not allow. Over the years, Twitch has revolutionized how creators monetize their content, allowing for in-stream tips, the ability to hawk unregulated products live on air, something that competitors have long had strict policies against. Um, and although enforcement has been uneven and sketchy at best, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and even TikTok all have strict policies governing what can and can't be said and done on their watch through mandatory long and confusing user and content creator agreements. Until now, Twitch has remained the major platform outlier, letting streamers pretty much do what they want, including marketing of products that may or may not be so legal, depending on where you are. The biggest reason Twitch became and remains so popular it's, is unlike main competitors, Facebook and YouTube, it doesn't try to be everything and please everyone. The upside of a company focused on becoming the best at doing specifically one thing better than anything else, anybody else, is it tends to build a passionate, loyal community of followers. The downside, any major changes made to the core product offering or the rules that govern, govern its fans are usually met with outsized backlash. And last week's news is no different. Let's take it back to 2012. Twitch had 20 million followers per month, making it a prime niche market target for acquisition by a major tech player looking to expand its portfolio offerings into rapidly expanding video game market. Amazon, of course, became that company. And in 2014, uh, for the cool cost of $970 million, Twitch fit the bill to achieve Jeff Bezos's long-term vision of slowly taking over a video game industry that was having a major moment with the expansion of mobile gaming through increased smartphone sales. It was hard for both Twitch, streaming faithfuls, and Amazon shareholders to see the vision back then, but since the original purchase, Twitch has experienced unprecedented growth, and in less than 10 years, that 20 million monthly viewers has ballooned to 140. But after last week's update, to its branded content guidelines, sponsorship of cannabis products or brands are unfortunately now prohibited. Per the article, as of June 6th, Twitch now prohibits uh, quote-unquote burned-in logos or on-streamer videos and displays an unwelcome announcement that was met with fierce criticism from streamers who voiced their opinions about how the change would affect their ability to have relationships with the sponsors. By the 7th, the very next day, Twitch released a statement explaining that they'd be removing those guidelines. And um, this was their statement. Yesterday, we released a branded content guidelines that impacted your ability to work with sponsors to increase your income from streaming. These guidelines are bad for you and bad for Twitch, and we're removing them immediately. We missed the mark with the policy language and will rewrite the guidelines to be clearer. Thank you for sharing your concerns. So then they came up with new language. It was very direct. Twitch's current branded guidelines say this. Streamers featuring products or services based on an exchange of value, such as being paid or receiving goods or services. This ranges from products placements, endorsements, channel sponsorships, and more. Under the banned product categories, Twitch describes that uh, it does not allow any services that are in violation of its community guidelines, such as risky gambling products unauthorized sharing of private information and legal, illegal products and services such as selling, advertising, or trafficking drugs, firearms, counterfeit goods, or other illegal goods and services. 
The move comes as a very uh, peculiar time as Amazon looks to further bolster their position in cannabis. They're no longer testing uh, candidates to become Amazon employees. They've backed pro-cannabis Republican Nancy Mace, and they have been selling Delta 8 gummies and other cannabis products, not explicitly Delta 9 products, but they have been selling cannabis products. So um, my question is this. What is Amazon's big move here? Why are they stifling the freedom that they've allowed Twitch to have for so long? And why are they allowing Twitch streamers to continue selling alcohol products or tobacco products on their platform, on a platform that is um, has a large, large following with the youth as well? I'm Rico Lamit, Dope is Dad on the Street. Let's talk about it. I mean, Rico... Twitch is tripping right now. I mean, the, the the gaming population is one of the largest populations that Honored. actually consumes cannabis on a regular basis. And um, right. I think I, I think the biggest thing here is Amazon, man. I don't think this has anything to do with Twitch. Really, it has more to do with Amazon and them uh, controlling their their biggest cash cow for the future. I mean, that just it, it makes absolutely zero sense to me why they why they are doing this. It's all, it's all about monetization. <clears throat> if they're if they're promoting products, I mean, there's revenues that you know they aren't getting for kind of hosting them on their site, right? So, to me, it seems like this is like a way to say, okay, come back to the table and give us money to let you do this if you're on our platforms and you're hosting your own content and uh, you know advertising for cannabis product. But is this just for cannabis, or is it for all products? Um, it is cannabis oh, is illegal products and services selling at or trafficking any products tied to drug firearms, counterfeit goods or anything else illegal. Okay. Got it. Yeah, they're tripping. This is <laughs> they're tripping. Bezos is tripping. Bezos is tripping. I, like... <laughs> You know, I, I I don't get it how you're going to be a major corporation and come out and 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 endorse federal legalization legislation and then yet have your company come around and do a backslided policy like this, especially when you were allowing it previously and now you're saying you're going to switch the game up all of a sudden. It just makes zero sense to me. It, it might also be an indicator that they're moving into like some serious plays in the cannabis industry, and so they yeah. need to like kind of balance what they're doing. You know, outside of those states regulated kind of. I'm not platforms. buying that. I'm not buying. Hey, that. I, I mean, that, that makes more sense to me yeah. than anything, really. I, I think 100, uh, percent um, Saman. Um, I believe that this is a repositioning for Amazon, so they can control the narrative when it comes when it comes to uh, broadcasting or major broadcasting and um, legal or illegal products. They they have the biggest platform for brands, right? Yeah. They can get they can literally reach every single uh, American in this country, and that's probably soon to be global. So it's like to me, you know, they have to watch out because they are the gatekeepers for the future. Yeah, for they have all that. Well, one hundred and forty. Well, maybe they're going to go into the monthly. Maybe they're going to go into every business, and they want to they want to control and they want to you know, monopolize their own brand of uh, cannabis. How are yeah, they going to do yeah, that though, when drone deliveries are banned, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> that was well, there's, there's local Amazon, uh, <laughs> there's local Amazon warehouses everywhere. 
<laughs> Are you gonna have one of those little robots take the, a uh, your before it yes. pops open the top and lets you grab your weed out know. of the little case? It's, it's I mean, gonna be on track, or is it gonna be changed to on pack? Yeah. Well, yeah, Uber's getting into delivery, I, so why wouldn't Amazon? Yeah. Uber is not getting into delivery. That I was in. in, and that was in Canada. Yeah. So yes, it's, it's a test market. <laughs> it, right. It's it, really, that's right. Canada is not the U.S. Oh, it's they'll not. Be, they'll be here sooner <laughs> no. than well, I mean, kind of, but <laughs> not really. It's they United will be here States North. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the communist area of Canada. Yeah, but Saman, so, uh, going back to your comment, um, uh, 140 million unique viewers, not views, viewers yep, yep. monthly on that platform. I think there's a major um, a play and a leading indicator that Amazon is probably within the next few months going to be making some major moves within that's Canada. Absolutely right. Yep, that's absolutely right. Man. Dale, Dale, we, we, we have Dale Scott Jones joining us today. Dale, do you have any <laughs> Good morning, friends. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting story because Amazon has been rather cannabis friendly, and I can't imagine that they wouldn't want to partake the moment interstate commerce is mm -hmm. legal. And frankly, Amazon, I mean, they do use regional distribution hubs, so interstate commerce just makes the most sense for them as a global international company to not touch this with a 10-foot pole. I noticed that they are defining legal under federal terms versus state terms because you can also right. make that argument. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they've always positioned themselves to be uh, the next best player in whatever market they enter. And they've entered just about every market at this point from prescription drugs all the way through home health care. I don't see why cannabis would be any different, frankly. And we know that he spends money in this space. We know he spends money on research. He's not, you know, he's not, he's not shy. <laughs> yeah, about what he, what about cannabis. And I absolutely agree with Dale. Um, very good insight. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, I just want, but I want to, I want to, I want to just clarify one thing though for everyone watching. It's not that Jeff Bezos is a cannabis fan; he's a business fan. So, like, you know, he's oh, no, just a smart, he's just a smart businessman. It's about Andy Jassy. Andy Jassy does not use all the products he sells on Amazon. No, no, Bezos is not there. Jeff Bezos is riding on penis-shaped rockets. That's, that's Jeff Bezos. He's space cowboy. He's colonizer. You can buy him a special shaped pipe to put that in and smoke it uh, when you are getting ready and when he is getting ready. But until then, you know, this is, you also have to take a look, though. This is where like innovation lives with small business, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. it, it's also the American way for large business to snap up small business. That is where innovation not just survives, but thrives. These large companies don't innovate. They look for the small ones to do it. Correct. So, and they buy them. Yeah. You yep. know, it's, it's like right. the ocean, the upwell of, of nutrients. You know, the, the small businesses are the, the nutrients of the large businesses. And we just have to make sure that we don't. We, we, we are the phytocannabinoid plankton, if you will. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know, the best thing Jeff Bezos has going for him is his initials. And on that one, you can get me to blush three times in two minutes. All right, that's awesome. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. 
Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Do you think we're going to be kicked off of Amazon podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Just like that. Going to Amazon jail. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, Oh, what does Amazon jail look like? You didn't have bathroom breaks in there? <laughs> no bathroom in the yeah, there's no, no bathroom in there. Looks like a big warehouse and they load stuff onto pallets and then they ship it out to everybody. Last time That's what they it just load like. you into a pallet and ship you back to China. Yeah, it's- Last time I checked, Amazon was a big open air space. Yeah. Very, very large plant. You know, these, these little, these, these shoot off companies all have different sets of rules and within that company they have been i mean i'm i'm watching this with multiple youtube um twitter they're making drastic decisions including just saying well we're no longer going to you know fact check uh do what you want all the way to allowing cannabis uh state by state that's what twitter did to say you can only advertise uh within a legal state and it has to be geo targeted and you know there's a whole list of rules uh, but it's starting to get allowed. So, you know, just like Meta uh, has a different uh, approach with Instagram than it does Facebook. Um, it's it's different groups and crews making these decisions. And sometimes it's not even about their base. It's about the government they're trying to impress or not be oh, uh, like- regulated by, if you will. So I, I immediately thought to like, which which folks, I don't know, maybe the House Republicans that they're you know, trying to get on their good side. You know, it's not always what it seems. They should be on the House Uh-oh. Republicans' good side. We got to keep it going, though. We're gonna we're gonna keep it going. I'm going right into my next story. So, all right, here we go, you guys. Are you ready for this? This is this is huge, huge news. Okay, because mother huge. and son, yes, huge. Y U G E, Todd. Mother and son <laughs> create huge. a reverse edible chocolate for a soft landing from a marijuana high. That's right. The legalization of adult use marijuana in Massachusetts has more people than ever experimenting with cannabis. But with that experimentation come a high you may not like or expect a mother and son team. I wonder how old her son is, because obviously they're dealing with weed. Uh, Mother and son team from Boston believe they may have a solution called soft landing. In a quote, I like to describe it as a reverse edible, says recent Cornell University graduate Eli Stoloff. In a quote, he says, so whereas a normal edible brings you up with THC, soft landing brings you down. Stoloff says during his time at Cornell, he heard stories of students taking edibles with no easy way to come down quickly. In a quote, he says, it's because of the delayed effect of edibles, Stoloff told WBZ-TV. He says, you eat a gummy bear, wait 10 minutes, I haven't felt anything, and you eat two more. An hour later, you're on the bathroom floor wondering where you are. Stoloff and his mother, Alice Stone, developed a chocolate bar they say gives marijuana users more control over their high. 
Stone is an entrepreneur with background in traditional methods of healing. Together, they discovered a medical journal article describing a naturally occurring molecule found in a number of herbs and spices that could reverse the effects of THC, the psychoactive ingredient in cannabis. In a quote, after a lot of trial and error and tinkering, we came to the final formula of the best way to deliver the maximum amount of this molecule, Stoloff said. Then they took the next steps and had a medical survey conducted on soft landing, which found 80% rating in effective or very effective. Sean, Sean Hope, the co-founder of Yamba Market in Cambridge, is now an investor, and he has tried the chocolate out for himself, and he says, it really balanced me out. He, Hope told WBZ, and I felt the impact right away. And my conclusion was, this works. And Stoloff and Stone believe they found the right chemistry for the future. And that he also says, I think we've got a winner here. And I feel like together we can be unstoppable, Stoloff said. Uh, next, next up is soft landing is nearly set to hit the consumer market and remains active in looking for its next round of investors to scale production. Well, 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 what do you guys, I bet you, Rico, I bet you this is milk chocolate and not dark chocolate. Just saying. This is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. Wow. Jay, are they, re are they saying what molecule yes. they discovered? Yes, that's my question. <laughs> no, because, because there is no, like, it's not like some secret molecule. No, they said spices. They said spices and herbs that counteract. That's listen, what he said. K2. Listen, this is not like K2. Listen, this, is, this is what it is. It's just they, they terpenes. They did say Molly. They did no, say look. it's terpenes, right? It's beta caryophyllin. <laughs> yeah, look, it's things like beta caryophyllin, things like linalool, right. things like limonene, ginger all from ginger. Um, you know, I yeah. use a ginger lily extract in one of my uh, our suppository lines, and it, it has a lot of synergistic effects, um, digestively and also, you know. In, in enzymatically, you know, when you're eating cannabis, you're not getting the same Delta nine high you are when you're smoking it, your lungs absorb that and it goes right to your bloodstream like a lot faster. In when you eat it, your body has to digest it. That takes time and that takes effort by your body. And so like there's other compounds that act as like pro drugs, essentially like, you know, uh, taking the metabolism instead of it metabolizing the cannabis it metabolizes these pro drug kind of ideas and your body can you know digest the rest of that product without converting it all to a different cannabinoid a different isomer so it's just terpenes it's not anything special that's why they can't say it because if they say it everyone's right. just going to be yeah. like this is bullshit but but i commend them i mean look entrepreneurs are great but look this is the kind of shit that gets all the <laughs> cannabis people in trouble because they're like out there raising money. They're like, "Oh, we got this thing. It's gonna make you." Look, this is like the this is like the Ric Flair. I, the Ric Flair. I yeah, Rick yeah. Flair. I I commend them. I commend them. But you know, look, people, just you know, open your eyes. That's our, I mean, our dear departed friend Bobby Caldwell. Pepper, I mean, I, mean I, I see this being sold at every Seven Eleven across the country. Yep. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like next five hour energy. And, 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 and all of that, it's like, hey, you take too, much, too many edibles, boom, here, take this chocolate bar, and this will soak you out. It, this, this is not the Narcan for a, an edible overdose, okay? This is not <laughs> going to just, like, solve the, solve the problem. It's like you get a more balanced effect. You don't, it doesn't hit you so hard. That's really um, what it is. There, okay. there, is, there is a product that works like that. I'm not endorsed by them or anything, but the one product it, um, that I was introduced to by my doctors in the cannabis industry that has worked just like that is uh i won't even say the name i'm not gonna say the name because i don't want to endorse them but um it is um it uses olivetol it's olive 
extract, and it actually does bring you down from a crazy, crazy high. And um, I'm sure it's some, I'm sure it's definitely some part of these. It's a part of just a lot of plants. It's just finding the, you know, the right, you know, ratio of those things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You think they're going to sell these chocolate bars at airports? Well, my question is, if you're high and you eat another edible, that is it, does it affect you immediately? Was Isn't it going to take some time to digest before you yeah. actually feel the effects? You yeah. know, the article didn't allude to that, Nicole, but uh, but common sense would tell me you are 100% correct on that. Right. If common sense was so common, dot, dot, dot. And and, and Jason, um, I'm not sure if they're going to have milk chocolate, but I'm pretty sure they're going to have white chocolate. Oh, God. I stop it stop it stop i was making the white chocolate or the milk chocolate uh comment rico because i always say about the glass of milk to to, to take your edible high away have i been gone for so long jason has two screens now i'm we're, 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 i've only been gone for two weeks what's going on like glitching we're trying, we're trying to stuff over here nicole Okay, cool. you've, been, you've been on vacation. We've been. I have. I've been on. I've been gone. I'm like, wait, are my eyes playing tricks on me? Yeah, Mar- Mar-a-Lago's been under attack lately. If you haven't heard it in the news. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta switch a move, switch a move. Uh, now you see me, now you don't, kind of thing. Maybe. Now I'm here, now I'm there. It's the real Matrix going on. <laughs> I think we see a box of uh, documents behind you there. There Jason. is. Well, we've we we we've, yeah. we we vacated all of those, and they've all been moved over to Hunter Biden's uh, and uh, the Biden's garage over there in Delaware. Just better hope that toilet that that gold plated toilet doesn't get backed up again. You can have like huh? Stop flushing and eating the documents, Jason. I, I do not eat yes. documents. I eat food. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, he wipes his ass with documents. Stop it. Right. That's right. You guys are so crazy. A nuclear (laughs) document. Uh, Oh, you know what? We're going to go right into the next story. We're going to, we got, we have the chancellor from OSAM University today with us, the lovely Mrs. Dale Sky Jones with us today. That's right. It's Mrs. Jones if you're nasty. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, I am bringing us to Dallas this morning for not news headline. Black people make up most arrests for small amounts of marijuana in Dallas, police say. Yeah, no surprise, not news. Uh, but what is news is finally Texas, uh, the residents have pushed for decriminalization of four ounces or less of cannabis. And this analysis comes uh, in direct response to that push. So a news report by Dallas's top police watchdog and activists show black people are overrepresented in low-level marijuana arrests, spurring calls for an expansion of the de-enforcement policy in the city. The study examined policy arrest data from 2018 to 2022 but acknowledged room for error because of incomplete or missing entries in Dallas's database. Missing entries, that's suspicious. Although the overall number of low-level arrests steadily have dropped, the report found that people of color were disproportionately impacted, especially for possessions of up to two ounces and criminal trespassing. So we are talking about very low amounts, uh, low-level crimes, not crimes against others, 
that was uh, my editorial. Public intoxication arrests, which made up 64% of low-level arrests, also showed a racial disparity with a smaller gap. The authors called for police and city officials to expand the marijuana de-enforcement policy from two to four ounces, deprioritize arrests for other misdemeanors, make the cannabis possession policy and ordinance not subject to leadership changes so that the next guy can't just flip it back, uh, and create a task force to minimize police interactions for low-level offenses and give the oversight office free and unfettered access to police data. That is uh, the story. I am happy to engage in the discussion around racial uh, disparity in marijuana arrests and uh, how we, we got this far and what we might want to do about it. Team? Oh, boy. Listen, Dale, mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you brought this story to our attention. Um, but what I'm really happy to hear uh, is that the citizens of Texas have had enough. Yes. Um, you know, Texas and Florida, it's kind of a short list of states that I'm like, ah, if I don't have to go, I'm not going. And <laughs> Texas being that state that it's like, man, how long are you all that live there going to put up with the, like the shits? Because leave it up to your elected officials, they are not anywhere near having this conversation. And so I'm really happy that Texans have finally decided to stand up um, and say something, do something um, based on the facts. I mean, and, and like you said, this is not a new fact. Uh, so um, it's about damn time. Yeah, it, that's all. It, well said about damn time and, and so much more to do, Nicole. This is you know one study in Dallas to show them what they already knew. Uh, and that is ultimately, you know, the, I don't know if I'm allowed to do a shameless plug at this point, Jason. Oh, yes, please, please. <laughs> because plug this, it up. You know, what, what the hell do you do yeah, about yeah. this? And, you know, in California back in 2010, we, we tried to legalize what we wound up doing was decriminalizing. But what we got signed by the governor, Schwarzenegger at the time, Republican governor, uh, a, an 87 percent in arrests. That is nine out of 10 people not going to jail after being pulled over while driving while black. So we had like a huge effect on decriminalization, even though legalization failed. We were protecting everyone 20 and under two. But what also happened is because it was no longer a felony, it was now just a misdemeanor. They stopped tracking. So now you have to go deep dive into local sheriff office, uh, you know, file cabinets down in the basement bathroom locked uh, away to find out what the racial disparity continues to be, even here in California. Uh, so the problem hasn't changed. It's just shifted to a softer, gentler prohibition. And what we're trying to do with cities like this, like the city of Los Angeles, is addressing it. This very weekend, this is my shameless plug, people. So if you are anywhere near the L.A. area, uh, consider this your invite. You know, social equity networking events uh, are super important. This is for the entire city of Los Angeles. So all legal businesses and ancillary businesses are welcome, but especially highlighting social equity businesses, which we will be doing this Saturday at the Mayfair Hotel. 
uh, disproportionately black and brown communities now need ways to get back to even things like expungement clinics and safe banking. So being able to bring DCR resources, uh, full disclosure, I offer technical assistance under contract for the city of Los Angeles Department of Cannabis Regulation, uh, the social equity program, business licensing and compliance program. Uh, and so I'm hoping that you all will will join us and come meet one another this Saturday at the Mayfair Hotel. Uh, you can go to Event High uh, to RSVP, and you can also go to the city website that is cannabis.lacity.gov and just look up LA Unite. That is this weekend, June 17th from you, 3 to 9. And you said it's at the Mayfair Hotel. What's the address of the Mayfair Hotel? Oh, you would ask me that right off the top. Yeah. And that is why I use Google Maps. But it is downtown LA, uh, the downtown historic Mayfair. LA. Yes, sir. Okay. And there's something really important happening here that I want to highlight real quick, Jason, if I may. Okay. You know, the, the three big problems that, you know, really every business is dealing with, and especially social equity businesses. Number one, of course, investment money. Number two, real estate. Number three, get your shit sold, right? Get seen, get onto shelves. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity to, from three to five only, we're doing something called supply chain speed dating so that we can help normal businesses diversify their shelves, reflect what communities want to see sold. It's also an excellent corporate responsibility play. And frankly, these social equity companies have special relationships with their customers that you're able to tap into by working with them. And social equity companies have strength in numbers to come together and work with one another and just keep that dollar circulating longer. So this is that event from three to five, but the networking goes all the way to nine at the Mayfair. And, 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 I, and I am going to be there. Yes, you are. I, I am going to show up over there, and they have a smoking section over there at the Mayfair Hotel, and I will be there smoking the best weed in the world. On the rooftop, BYOB. Yeah. Yes, uh, it is 1256 West 7th Street. Thank you, Mr. Jones, who will also be there with me. I will see you I all day. It. I will be there all day. So it's on West 7th Street in Los Angeles. So, so head to Event High and make sure you head to the event. Hi. Yeah, make sure exactly. Well, no, make sure you make no, no, no. We get high. We don't want to be you. drug driving. We want you to arrive sober and then get high with us. I mean, there's a, there's a shitty parking <laughs> downtown. Right, listen, listen we're going to have a live DJ on the rooftop. We've got a cash bar downstairs. We've got yes. a non-alcoholic bar on the rooftop so that Ooh. you can be one and just have yeah. yourself have some fun. Just bring you, bring a great attitude. Bring your business cards, and uh, you know, if you are a buyer. Bring your ass to supply chain speed networking. If you represent any company that is looking to bring social equity brands into their business, whether it's retail, distro, frankly, manufacturing, uh, there's a lot of folks that need these connections with one another. And it will, like I said, improve your bottom line. Oh, yeah. And with that, we got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. 
All right, whatever you're doing, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And while you're at it, head over to www.hyatt9news.com. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter. We've done a lot of things to fix it. So you should get a confirmation email in the in, in your inbox. You then have to hit that confirmation if you want to receive anything from us. And, of course, we have tons of merch for you to be fresh to death. Also, too, make sure... If you want us to pay attention to your chats in the chat, make them a super chat as well as make sure you tell your friends all about us because organic growth is the best growth. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Up next, it is the golden-voiced, Las Vegas-based Dope Granddaddy, who is the co-founder of the Smuggleverse, president and founder of Digipath Labs. Coming to the stage and breaking us off with a little talk about it Tuesday love, Todd <laughs> Denkin. I really love that intro. I want to save that, so I uh, use that more often. Uh, thank you, sir. Yes, uh, being in the testing business, I have a, a story about uh, testing and some dirty weed in Denver. Uh, state, uh, the title is uh, State Warns Marijuana Growers After Many Examples of Attempts to Cheat Testing. State investigators have identified numerous examples of marijuana product adulteration by businesses attempting to cheat contaminant testing According to the Colorado Marijuana Enforcement Division, marijuana contamination from mold or illegal pesticides has been going on an ongoing problem since recreational pot sales began in Colorado. Decontamination and remediation techniques for failed batches of marijuana were approved by the Med in 2021, but the process can be costly and doesn't guarantee the harvest will be salvaged. In a June 2nd memo sent to the uh, Med to business owners, State officials warned of a looming public health threat caused by shady techniques to cheat Colorado testing protocols. The memo says, and I quote, The Marijuana Enforcement Division has identified many examples of regulated marijuana businesses adulterating test batches in order to pass required testing, which has led to administrative actions, penalties, and in some cases, health and safety advisories. Adulterating or alterating test batches is a significant public safety concern because test batch is no longer representative of the harvest or production bath batch it was pulled from. The Med has issued 13 marijuana recalls this year alone, all of them for microbials, mold, and yeast. However, the vast majority of Med recall notices also cited businesses for marijuana improperly submitted for testing or not submitted for testing in accordance with med rules. Ultraviolet light and ozone machines are approved remediation techniques used to kill mold in an entire batch and are accepted practices in today's marijuana industry. But the med says that some growers who know their plants will fail have been willing to falsify testing samples in order to avoid the financial hit of paying for remediation, retesting, or destroying the harvest. Reports of cultivations using radon machines, 
microwaving marijuana flower and dosing example uh, samples in hydrogen peroxide have surfaced at, at the state and rulemaking hearings in dis disciplinary settlements. In 2022, members of the Colorado Attorney's General's Office uh, warned marijuana industry representatives about growing number of contamination cases involving potentially adverse health effects for dispensary shoppers. In the Med's recent memo, department heads warned business owners that evidence of willful or deliberate adulteration or alteration of marijuana testing samples could result in license suspension, revocation, up to six, six figures in fines, and a Class II misdemeanor for violating public safety. In the past, the Med has not come down this hard. Details of an adulteration settlement between the Med and Denver wholesale grower Bonsai Cultivation were released earlier this year. In the settlement, Bonsai admitted to manipulating samples in 2019 by covering marijuana with hydrogen peroxide and then treating it with a UV light and ozone machine, two years before such remediation was approved by the state. The Med fined Bonsai $20,000 as part of the state settlement. In 2020, Denver had fined the company $150,000 in connection with the same incident. Bonsai's license to operate was never suspended. The memo also adds, if the division finds evidence of willful or deliberate test batch adulteration or alteration, it will recommend the strictest penalties possible to the state licensing authority. A bill passed this session by the Colorado legislator will soon allow state investigators to embargo or destroy marijuana products that are deemed unsafe to the public, much in the way the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment regulates food and drinks. That measure was signed by the governor uh, last March and is set to take effect this summer, Should and it should give uh, marijuana regulators the ability to move faster when disciplining bad actors or quarantining public, potentially unsafe products, according to the State Department of Revenue, which oversees the Med. Just so you know, some facts and figures, um, between 15 and 20 percent of batches around the country fail for some kind of microbial or pesticide contamination in Las Vegas, where I am. Uh, we see about a 12 to a 13 percent failure rate and uh, about 95% of the failure rates here in uh, Las Vegas are for uh, yeast and mold and for aspergillus. Uh, in Vegas, also, they allow for radiation and x-ray machines to uh, remediate uh, cannabis. And that has been the big thing going around for cannabis growers here. I'm Todd Dangan with High at Nine News. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, this dirty weed and people trying to cheat the system in Colorado? Some on? Uh, well, I'll yeah, I'll say I'll 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 get in on this yeah. one. So I, I just want to take a second to shout out, you know, the good people at the state uh, lab doing work. Um, you know, my friend uh, Julia Bramante, uh, she works the um, CDPHE lab, and she's the one that's checking all the stuff. Um, you know, doing double blind testing, taking right off the shelf and, and doing the test herself. So she's actually at the forefront of making sure that she's keeping all of these guys in line, as well as all of the other companies selling anything to consumers in Colorado. So, um, you know, shout out to her, uh, shout out to, you know, the people, the folks doing the testing at the testing labs and shout out to the, to the med for, you know, trying to resolve this because it is a, it is a rampant issue. I mean, people have been doing this for a long time. 
Um, this is not something new. Cannabis operators, you know, will will cut corners. We will, you know, we will take that rope. We will hang ourselves with it um, because this is the the onus is on us to to actually perform here and to produce something. But it's like a ethical issue, you know, when people have, you know, a business to run and they have to produce product that's quality for people to ingest. This is you know, ultimately, you know, why we need these regulations, because we are gonna, we are gonna ruin this opportunity, unless we take it a little more seriously. So, um, you know, all I can say is that, if you're growing weed, and you're, and you have to dry it and cure it and do your thing, I mean, you have to get a protocol, you have to get an SOP that works for you. Everywhere you go in this country, there's a different microclimate, you have, uh, you know, you have to situate yourself and, and the infrastructure of your of your operation suitably to, to control that. And uh, that's really it. And, and, you know, cheating is just like in, as American as apple pie, Todd. So, you know, I mean, that, that, like what Todd mentioned, sure. <clears throat> they're radiating flower here in um, Nevada um, to cheat the test, the lab test, but not really doing or understanding what harm that has on the people that are consuming then radiated flower. Right. And so that's, that's really what cool. you said, Saman, you should be putting more emphasis and more energy towards your SOP that works so you don't create moldy, bad flour in the first place. Um, and then you don't have to do that to the flour. And it's not all of the um, cultivators here in Nevada, thank God. Um, and, no. and so, but it is a shame because what, yeah. what I've been insisting that the CCB do is put that on the labels. It should be on the labels. The, the consumer has the right to know. Yeah, that's a very good point. Oh, I, have, I have a question in regards with with all this. Um, uh, you don't tell this to the same people that go and put their food in the microwave. I don't put my food in the microwave. I know, I know, <laughs> I, know I know you don't, but ninety nine percent of the people do. Microwave, and, okay, oh, the, and it's also not the microwave that's every, the problem. It's microwaving in plastic containers that's the yeah. problem, Jason. I, I mean, I mean, just like bad cannabis, it's the delivery method. You know, if you're if you're consuming with cheap metal and off gases, the yeah. cannabis isn't going to kill you. But you know, but that's, 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 that's not good. Food, yeah, just, that's, and also, food, radiation, you know, the machine. Yeah, the machines that they're using here in Vegas. Um, that do uh, uh, radiate these uh, these plants. It's, it's the exact same machine that is used to uh, radiate every item in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So it kills all the mold and yeast that is in all of the food on every shelf in every grocery store. Your food, yeah, so, your food's already radiated. Like 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. So it's a, it's a safe way to remediate, but uh, I think you're right. It should be on the label. And, uh, uh -oh. it, you know, and, and Saman, you're right, too. It's because it's all about cleanliness. I've been to, you know, 150 grows if I've been to one. And uh, it's really all about cleanliness. The, the growing environment for a cannabis plant is the exact ideal situation for microbials. Exactly. And especially yeast and mold. <laughs> and if you uh, keep, you know, dead leaves laying around your grow, you're going to attract aspergillus, yeah. which is, again, a, a deadly part of, uh, 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 of what is, uh, we're finding in uh, cannabis products. And there's no tolerance for it, zero tolerance for aspergillus. If it's present, it's a fail. It's a, if it's not present, cardboard boxes. It's a, it's a uh, make sure you're not storing cardboard boxes. Yeah. But yep. can I just be honest, friends? There's a lot of like those pathogens 
but it's it's us it's humans it's yeah. not washing our hands after we poop and then touching the product that you then put uh, in your mouth that exactly is what, what it is sick, 100%. hand washing that yeah, is right. number one number dale scott jones getting real yeah. exactly that's no right. i mean look up the, the, no, really the is. key is optimization optimization is an ongoing process everyone needs to optimize and keep optimizing their businesses and their and their protocols this is the world we live in we chose to be here we have to be stewards of the opportunity and and like actually treat it correctly okay. but yeah the, I, it's Dale's all about staying it. it's, it's, it's like, all about that wash it, your hands people Todd, when, you see, when you see this stuff uh, um, um when you see the absence of interstate uh, commerce and more and more states are uh, reporting surplus. Um, are you? Do you see this as being a much uh, broader issue uh, to the industry nationwide? Yeah, of course, because the longer it sits in a bag on a shelf, you know, it breeds uh, microbes. I mean, they literally feed on the plant and they feed on some of the nutrients inside the plant, right? So the longer it stays on the shelf, the worse it gets, even if it's already passed a test, right? Right. There's no real time limit to sell it. So you can, you can, you know, pass a test. It could sit on a shelf for two months and it could be yeah. equally as infected as something that has failed a test just because it's sitting there and the microbials, I guarantee you, are growing and uh, uh, expanding and multiplying inside that bag for sure. Yeah. And so, so, so this, I just have one question for Dale, but I just want to say that I do not think that this is as big of a deal as everyone else does because you're, you consume, everyone consumes food, not the whole population consumes cannabis. And if you don't have to label the radiation on your food, then I don't see the reason to, radi- to label it on your cannabis. Just saying, I think it's an overreach. But nonetheless, Dale, do you teach... Uh, do you teach these types of um, um, uh, remediation in 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 Osterdam? Are, are our students taught this when they go through different types of classes? They touch on it in our extractions and manufacturing program, and we do have special guest instructors that will deep dive on some of these topics, uh, as well as a, a weekly Friday Hort Lab where you can just kind of come in and ask anything. Uh, I challenge folks to come stump our faculty, and if we don't know, we will figure it out, sometimes with you, uh, because some of, the, some of the stuff isn't figured out yet, uh, and it, it really is important, I think. A, a point was made earlier, I believe it was Nicole, it's just, it's it's more about what customers need to know and what customers are demanding to know. There's a lot of information that is required on labels that is not really required to be able to enjoy cannabis. It's just push, pushing the price up. Mm-hmm. However, those brands that want to engage in you know full spectrum terpene testing, there are customers for that. And there are folks that will pay for that extra knowledge, just like there are folks that will drive further to buy raw goat's milk because it is not Right. radiated so you know there's a customer for that no matter who you are it's america very oh yeah it's let me just add tough. let me just add one thing in, in, in that we, it really is all about education i mean we teach at our lab uh we go out to cultivations and teach aseptic techniques hmm. and when you should use alcohol and when you should use bleach and when you should use both right because bleach is the only thing that will eradicate aspergillus dna and that's what we test for in the labs is we literally test for aspergillus DNA yeah. and bleach is the only thing that removes it. All right. We got to we, we got to keep it. We got to keep it moving. We are way behind time right now. You guys way, way, way behind time. But coming up next. That's right. She's the purple plant magic and she's back. She's been on vacation for like two weeks floating around the country doing the work for minorities for medical marijuana. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is Nicole Bufong. 
Hey, fam. I have missed you all so very much. Um, thanks for the welcome back, Jason. Um, so uh, real quick, my my story comes out of Nevada. I'm really excited. You all have heard me talking about it all week. I mean, for months since February, since the legislative session started. Um, Senate Bill 277. Uh, so Nevada lawmakers passed marijuana reforms bill. Um, this was on Forbes.com by A.J. Harrington, our friend. Uh, Nevada lawmakers last week passed an omnibus uh, bill, marijuana reforms bill, that increases the possession limit on cannabis and gives licensed dispensaries new flexibility to serve both medical marijuana patients and adult use cannabis customers. It's interesting how they use medical marijuana patients and adult use cannabis customers in the same sentence. It's weird. Anyway, the measure, Senate Bill 277, received final approval from the Nevada legislature on June 5th and now awaits action from Republican Governor Joe Lombardo. The legislation makes several substantial changes to Nevada's laws governing marijuana, which had, was, was legalized for medical use in the state in 2001. In 2016, voters passed question two, a ballot measure that legalized recreational marijuana in Nevada for adults 21 and older. Uh, that ballot measure actually changed the constitution of Nevada. Um, <clears throat> Senate Bill 277 more than doubles the possession and purchase limits for marijuana, increasing the cap from one ounce of cannabis to two and a half ounces. The legislation also doubles the limits for cannabis concentrates from one eighth of an ounce to a quarter ounce. Possession and purchase limits are commonly included in state laws and legalized cannabis in an effort to prevent regulated cannabis from being resold on the illicit market. But Democratic Senate, State Senator Dallas Harris, who was our champion in this, the primary sponsor of the legislation, noted in a recent meeting of the Senate Commerce and Labor Committee that such provisions unfairly target cannabis. We were there to make comment publicly in April for that meeting. There's no assumption that if buying, this is um, Senator Dallas's quote, there's no assumption that if I'm buying a 48 pack of beer, I must be doing something illicit with it afterwards, Harris told the committee. During public testimony for the legislation, witnesses appearing to oppose the bill, which was an officer, he was a, um, a, 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 out of the sheriff's department, uh, witnesses appearing uh, up to oppose the bill noted that consumers can already circumvent the current cannabis purchase limits by visiting multiple dispensaries in the same day, leading Harris to note that such purchases are illegal. Please do not do that, Senator Harris responded. That is currently a felony. Hence, why we're trying to up the possession limit and allow folks to be able to engage in that kind of bulk buying if they would like to, whether it be for medical reasons or for none of our damn business. The legislation also allows all adult use cannabis dispensaries to sell cannabis products to medical marijuana patients. Surprise, surprise, in Nevada, when adult use um, was legalized, they did not allow you to also have a medical license. So it, you had to pay for both separately um, if you wanted to sell to both medical patients and to adult use um, consumers. Um, beginning next year, state regulators would no longer be able to issue new, li new licenses for medical marijuana businesses, except in areas that have prohibited the operation of adult use cannabis businesses. Senate Bill 277 also relaxes a ban on individuals with felony convictions from obtaining licenses to operate or work at cannabis businesses in Nevada. This was our social justice component of this bill. We were really excited to be able to remove the barrier of entry for people who were, have served their time and should be allowed to work in the cannabis industry. 
Well, unfortunately, uh, we were told by our lobbyists, um, shout out to, um, to them for helping us through this legislative session. Um, the, and I'm speaking of the Chamber of Cannabis. That's who led this, this Senate bill um, with Senator Harris. Uh, unfortunately, they told us it would not pass, that the, the governor would veto the bill if it would allow for um, this stipulation, this regulation to be removed. If this legislation put it forward and legalized for the employer to decide who works at their business and not prevent them from even applying. Well, um, we, we were told we couldn't pass it. And so what happened is under the bill, Individuals with such convictions would be permitted to petition the state to work at a licensed cannabis business without first having their records expunged. Abby Kaufman, the secretary of the nonprofit trade group of the Chamber of Cannabis, shout out to Abby, said that the measure is designed to give those with prior felonies new opportunities to stay on the right side of the law. We're hoping to allow a way to enter the workforce to reduce recidivism by increasing those opportunities and also to hopefully mitigate some of the unlicensed market. What if people aren't able to work in this growing industry and that cannabis is truly their background? Senate Bill 277 now heads to Lombardo, who has already vetoed at least two dozen pieces of legislation since taking office at the beginning of the year. A good thing about the state of Nevada is that if the governor does not sign within 10 days and does not veto after legislation closes, then it becomes law. He has until this Friday. So. I wanna say again, shout out to the Chamber of Cannabis, uh, all the work that we've done, all legislative session to get Senate Bill 277 passed. We are making history again here in Nevada. Two years ago, we um, legalized adult uh, consumption lounges, adult use consumption lounges um, in the state of Nevada, which you'll be seeing opening this summer. Um, and so we're, we're keeping a close eye on this and I should have news for you next week um, to see if this legislation will actually become law in the state of Nevada. This is Nicole Buffon reporting for Hyatt 9 News. Oh. Big uh, news. Yeah, that's big news. He was right. It's big news. We gotta keep it. We gotta keep it rolling, though. I, I do want to touch on that one, but I'm sorry, Nicole. We are so short on time, okay. uh, so we gotta roll into the last one. And taking us home today is a patient advocate, 15 year regulated market industry vet, and fellow dope dad, secure enough in his manhood to sit on a grown Serbian man's lap in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on the Nuggets victory last night, Milan Razani. Let's give it up. Let's give it up. We're definitely living that mile high life around here. You already know. Um, big shout out to my Denver Nuggets. 36 years for that championship. Been through them all. And you know, everyone's hating on the Nuggets. They're marginalized, just like the small businesses in cannabis. But speaking of small businesses, there's some more coming up in Alabama. And we got news of the winners of the licenses in Alabama. First Alabama medical marijuana business license is awarded by state commission for marijuana moment. <clears throat> and uh, ju I just want to read a quote. <laughs> this was the quote before the article. It says more than likely there will not be <laughs> there uh, more than likely not. There will be lawsuits just looking from other States, just looking at how it's gone from elsewhere quoted um, by the, uh, by somebody doesn't say. The players of the nascent medical cannabis industry have been chosen amid suspicion about the process and criticism from those left out. The Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission Monday awarded 16 licenses for production and distribution of medical cannabis out of more than 90 firms that applied for licenses. To the recipients, let me say that what we look forward that we look forward to working with you in a partnership manner 
in which all of you know what lies ahead, said John McMillan, the commissioner's, the commission's director. The Alabama legislature approved a medical cannabis program for the state in 2021, but the bill authorizing the program did not allow licenses to be issued until September 1st of 2022. The AMCC began accepting applications late last year. When the product is available, patients, uh, patients certified by the participating physicians for medical cannabis use for 15 conditions, including cancer, chronic pain, depression, and Parkinson's disease, will have to apply for a card to obtain medical cannabis from licensed dispensers. The law forbids smoking medical cannabis or consuming it in food. I'll read that again. The law forbids smoking medical cannabis or consuming it in food. It will likely be available as tablets, capsules, gelatins, oils, gels, creams, suppositories, transdermal patches, or inhalable oils or liquids. Cannabis gummies will only be allowed to be peach flavored. The commission can award up to 12 licenses what? to cultivate cannabis, what? four licenses for those who want to process it, and four licenses to dispense the product. Uh, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Commissioners may also provide up to five licenses for integrated facilities, which cultivate, process, and distribute medical cannabis. The commission stated that each integrated facility will operate five dispensaries that will be responsible for growing cannabis and selling the product in dispensaries. 38 entities applied for the integrated license uh, facilities licenses. Another 12 applicants vied for the 12 cultivator licenses. Another 12 applied for the four available processor licenses, while 18 have applied for the four dispensary licenses. An unknown number of transport and testing licenses is also available. The commission has received 11 applications for the transport license and three applications for testing licenses. The commission has integrated facilities licenses too. Uh, there's a list. Um, I don't know if we can get that list up. I don't, I don't know if I really want to just like jump through this because we got to go. Um, but only one company has been awarded uh, the testing license. That's called Grand Bay and that's in Mobile. Um, many of the winning companies' ap applications are partly or fully redacted on the commission's website. Alabama, like Georgia, limited the number of licenses that will be available for its medical cannabis industry, and that could lead to litigation. Many were left disappointed after the commission made its announcement in what became a highly competitive process for securing one of the coveted rights to be part of the industry. I felt like the commission did the best that they could with the tools that they were handed to them, said Antoine Mordecai, the CEO of Native native black cultivation one of those companies who is denied a cultivating license we have to figure out what comes out what comes out later about the reasons why we were not selected or why they made the selections they did mordecai said he plans to apply again should future licenses become available i am sure it will be a hard decision for the commission to make uh said liberty duke one of the board members of hornet medicinals llc a company that was denied an integrated license i'm just anxious to see what see the grading metrics some of the firms that were awarded integrated licenses were multi-state entities or had years of experience in the industry. Theratrue has a presence in Georgia and Virginia. Uh, another was Verona with dispensaries in Chicago and throughout the Northeast. We've always had a long-term focus on strengthening our position in the South. And with the addition of Alabama to our footprint, we have an excellent opportunity to increase our presence in the important medical markets, an important market as cannabis acceptance and state-level programs continue to spread across the growing Southwest region. The, said George Archos, the founder and CEO of Verano. 
The medical cannabis law required applicants to be majority owned by persons or entities that have rate that have resided in Alabama for 15 years, but it did not forbid out-of-state firms from take from taking minority stakes in those companies. Justin Aday, general counsel for the commission, provided highlights of the process of for selecting those who would receive the license, going over choosing who would evaluate the applicants and attempts to make the process as fair as possible. There was there were portions of it that were blinded, Aday said about the evaluation process. Some portions of the process could not be completely blinded, meaning the board had some information related to the companies they were evaluating because of the context. But other than that, Aday said, the evaluators performed the evaluation objectively. But much of the decision criteria and ranking was left largely shrouded in mystery, with few willing to discuss how every factor weighed, was weighed and to come to a final decision. They did the best they could and tried to be as objective as possible, said former state rep Mike Ball, a uh, Republican from Madison. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We, gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Okay, well, that's that's pretty much it. It's uh they 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 gave the licenses to sixteen people. Some people got mad that didn't get it, and we'll see how it all unfolds. But oh, gonna move into but, the country but, and eat a lot of peaches. I <laughs> Shout out I'm to Justin Bieber, corporate master of the world. That's, Canada. I, it's Canada. I'm, I'm interested to know how many of those um, business owners are minority or yes. black owned. That's that's the first thing I'd like to know that what that number looks like. And then the other thing is shout out to Antoine Mordecai, who is our state chapter director for Alabama. He's working hard to get one of those licenses and there will be litigation. So we'll see how it turns out. Yep. Antoine's also a head coach in Connecticut, helping the Connecticut social equity entrepreneurs get across the finish line in uh, Connecticut's groundbreaking social equity accelerator that uh, Oaksterdam's running. So oh, Antoine great. is amazing and he deserved this. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm also curious what kind of minority owned business and women owned business uh, might actually exist. Yeah, some of the criteria you having to have a certain amount of years in business already that eliminates a lot of those people. So I'm, yeah, I'm if they were busy in jail or serving right. the country overseas, yeah. for instance, they exactly. were it's the same exactly. bullshit that happened in Florida. It does not sound like a corporate cash, another corporate cash grab at all. It's just unfortunate. It's okay. Antoine can start a Delta 9, converted Delta 9 company and sell it legally like everyone else is doing now. As long as he has peach flavor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Um, thank you all. For joining us for yet another episode of High Nine News, you can always catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific and High Noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments projected live on the big screen. Also to the live audience members and online supporters catching us across all media platforms. I hope we're still on Twitch, <laughs> tuning in and giving us feedback <laughs> on the daily headlines of chaos. Our vetted or industry correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much-needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. Our production team, cloud media partners, House of Fuego, The Vortex, The 91 Club, all our sponsors helping us keep the lights on, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. And, of course, the lovely Zsa Simone holding things down over in Clubhouse. To the haters out there, God don't like ugly. And always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the Hyatt 9 News team shows up every single day to read these headlines. It has been Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. The show's over. You've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. Taman Razani, Mr. Denver Nugget fan, the champion guy himself. You got the outro today, man. 
Yeah, word. thank you so much, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Have a positive and blessed week. And uh, remember, even the even the guys who are marginalized make it to the top and win them championships. So keep fighting that fight. Are you higher than a draft ass today? <laughs> <laughs>